What is going on, guys? We are back, and we're talking some more fantasy football. You guys heard the quarterbacks. You heard the tight ends. And now we're getting into where, you know, your roster is really put together. The running backs, in the next episode, we'll get to you guys in the wide receivers. So we're going to break it down. We're going to give you our top 25 fantasy running backs. Uh, we'll get more in-depth about the guys as we go on. So I'm going to start at 25, and I have James White followed by Sony Michelle at 24, Devin Singletary at 23, Melvin Gordon at 22, and James Conner at 21. 25, I have uh, Clyde Edwards-Hellier, the, uh, the rookie running back on Kansas City. 24, I have Cam Akers. 23, I have Jonathan Taylor. 22, Raheem Mostert. 21, James Conner. At 25, I have Sony Michelle. At 24, I have James White, so pretty much Steve's, but just flip-flop. 23, I got Kerryon Johnson. 22, I have Devin Singletary. And 21, I have Miles Sanders. Kev, Kerryon Johnson was, was an interesting one because I feel like, you know, after they, they went out and drafted a running back, I feel like he really could be in a split going forward. But as far as Miles Sanders, I got him a little higher on my list. And Lou, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire a little higher on my list too. The reason why for that is, you know, Damian Williams opted out of the season. I feel like he's really going to have a chance to be not like an explosive rookie, but someone that could be, you know, can really tally up touchdowns, especially in that offense. Yeah, no, he definitely could be a big piece in camp. Wow, that's really low for Miles Sanders. I have him uh, closer to the 10. Oh, well. I'm going to hop in at 20. In 20, I have Kenyon Drake at Arizona. 19, I had David Johnson. 18, I have Le'Veon Bell. 17 is where I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then 16, I have Chris Carson. In that backfield for Seattle is going to be really tough, too, because we know Rashad Penny will be back. Um, and they also added Carlos Hyde there. We know that they got a couple more offensive weapons. DK Metcalf is going to have more established role in the offense. So there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in Seattle. It's just going to be interesting if all those guys could stay healthy. Yeah, it will be. It definitely will be to see how that, how that all fits together. And at 20, I have Melvin Gordon. 19, I have Chris Carson. 18, I have Kenyon Drake. 17, Le'Veon Bell. And 16, I have Mark Ingram. And if he didn't have such a good year last year, I would have put Ingram a little higher because he was just scoring all the time because Baltimore is literally on the red zone like every single offensive possession. So at 20 and 19, just like Steve, I have Kenyon Drake and David Johnson. At 18, I have James Conner. At 17, I have Joe Mixon. And at 16, I have Leonard Fournette. Ooh, that's a little low for uh, Joe Mixon there, Kev, but, but it's all right. I got, um, I got Miles Sanders at 15. Uh, Leonard Fournette at 14, and I probably could have had those two switch, but Leonard Fournette, if Jacksonville can actually have an established offensive line, can probably still be the whole offense for the Jaguars. 13, I have Mark Ingram, and I still feel like, yeah, Lou, I, I think he did have a, a really good year last year, so expecting to get that again with them adding J.K. Dobbins to the backfield I think would be tough. And I actually think that Gus Edwards will kind of still have a role in the offense too because he ran hard for a backup running back. So I definitely think Mockingham is someone that you can trust, but just kind of be wary that there's a lot of rushing there too, and we know Lamar can run. 12, I got Todd Gurley. I think this could be a good scenario for him in Atlanta if he stays healthy. That's something we'll see. And 11, we're going to have to see the second year 
running back Josh Jacobs, what he could do with the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Steve. So I have something similar to that. I have Leonard Fournette at 14. I have Eckler at 13. I have Gurley Wright at 12, like like you do, Steve. I think it's it could be a really good fit uh, if he stays healthy. And at 11, I have Miles Sanders at um. Just to touch back on my 15, which was David Johnson, I really think he could get uh, Deshaun Watson out of a ton of trouble this season uh, when he usually holds the ball too long. David Johnson's really good at those screen plays and staying behind the backfield for a nice 15 to 10-yard catch. So you know what I mean? I I think he could really help out there, especially in the pass game. Lou, where would you feel comfortable taking uh, David Johnson? Mid-third? I'd probably say mid-third, probably early four. Yeah, definitely not early three. Like I'd rather, I'd rather go with a, a top tier wide receiver at that at, at that pick. It depends on on the the format you're in for your draft too, because ten and twelve, uh, those numbers will will add up quick to make to make a huge difference there. Um, and also depends on your league format, PPR and and whatever else. But Kev, did you want to hop in with yours? Sure, why not? Kevy Kellerman coming in hot at fifteen. I got Melvin Gordon. Fourteen, I got Josh Jacobs. 13, I got my boy Le'Veon. 12, I got Chris Carson. At 11, I have Todd Gurley because I agree. I think I think he could be uh, good for Atlanta, especially kind of like Lou said with DeAndre and David Johnson in Arizona. I think Gurley can help Julio get out of a lot of a lot of trouble and takes the load off Matt Ryan as well because he's not getting any younger. Kev, I, I honestly thought you would have had Josh Jacobs a little higher than the back end of that part because he was your guy last year. Not that that's a bad spot to have him either, but I feel you for him. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. My other guy's even higher, so you'll you'll be hearing from him too. Oh, man. I, I'm assuming that that's Aaron Jones. <laughs> but We'll have to wait and see. At 10, I got uh, Joe Mixon, and I honestly think he has the potential to be really higher on this list. I think we have saw flashes of what he could be at his best, but that Cincinnati team really hasn't been too great while he's been there. So 10 for Joe Mixon, 9, Austin Eckler. This might be high for some people, but I think we got a, a flash within the first four to six weeks of last season of what Eckler can really be in a whole offense by himself. Obviously, it's going to be a little different with Phillip Rivers not at quarterback. I feel like he did dump it off to Eckler a lot. There was a good relationship between the two of them there. At eight, I have Aaron Jones, and he's someone I'm I'm really wary about. Last year, I was a little wary about him, but I don't know. I, I think there's points in times where if the Packers feel that Jamal Williams has the hot hand, that they'll completely like kind of shut down Aaron Jones for a couple of weeks and just feed who's hot. And I'm not saying I blame them, but I just don't know how much command Aaron Jones has on that backfield. Seven, this might be low for some people, but this is you know where I have him, and that's Dalvin Cook. I'm still hoping to see 16 games from Dalvin Cook, but I definitely think if he can provide the health, his numbers are, are going to be top five, no question. And six, right before Dalvin Cook, I have Nick Chubb. What a, a sneaky, absolute rusher. He was last year. I'm pretty sure he was first or second in total rushing yards last year, either there or with Derrick Henry. And we'll get into him uh, in a little bit. But yeah, Nick Chubb is very slept on. Would be a great RB1. Yeah, Steve, I'm, I'm a big Nick Chubb guy. Uh, but 10, I have I have Aaron Jones. I think he'll have a great season, but they, they can stay away from him a lot, especially in the past game. I have Josh Jacobs at nine. I have Joe Mixon at eight, who's a guy I, I have never really been high on until now. I think he fits perfectly in that uh, 11 to 7 range, depending on how you see his upside. Uh, Then I have Kamara at 7, and that's only because he was hurt last season, and 
there's so many other weapons on that team, and they really liked Latavius Murray a lot. So I think he could uh, definitely interfere with some of those touches. And then at six, I have Nick Chubb as well. Lou, I'm so happy that you had Kamara at seven because I also had seven. And I felt like a lot of people were going to think that was low. So I'm glad I'm not going to get butchered for that one. But to jump into my top 10, I got Mark Ingram at 10, Aaron Jones at 9, Austin Eckler at 8, Kamara at 7, and our boy Nick Chubb at 6. Just because I think he's, he's just the generator of that offense. You know what I mean? The more you have to stop him, the more the pass game opens up and vice versa. So I think he's a huge part of that offense. So I have Kamara at five. And before I really get into it, I have a question for the both of you since you both had him at seven. Do you think that Alvin Kamara is, is a running back that could still be drafted in the first round? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, especially if there's a lot of other guys that have gone uh, right before him. I think you're a 10, you're not 10 times better off, but you're better off getting Kamara at like an eight or nine pick. Like if he falls to the last four picks in the draft, I think he's a must just because the upside. And I think the wide receiver depth is so deep this year, including tight ends as well, that you can wait on them if Kamara falls to you at 12. Because if you told me a year ago, Alvin Kamara might be there at 12 in a draft, I'd take him in a heartbeat. You know, I really think in that offense this year, he can be more of a threat as a runner rather than as a receiver. I mean, I know he's been great at both. We've gotten over 800 rushing yards in his seasons already, and that's without passing yards so the sky's the limit for Alvin Kamara yeah I still think I mean besides injury I still think talent wise he's definitely like a top five you know wide receiver between running and receiving but kind of like what Lou said I think they're just so deep at the wide receiver position and Drew Brees you know I mean he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder so he's gonna want to throw the ball and stuff so that's the only reason I put him that low not not so much talent wise more just you know how much are they actually going to use him and when in what situations and stuff like that Yeah, I don't even think it's that low. It's just all on the order because, I mean, you could say that I'm crazy for having him at five and Dalvin Cook at seven, you know what I mean? So it can go either way. But just before I go into my next guy again, my other question is, would you feel confident in in maybe taking a Michael Thomas at the back end of the first round and Kamara being there early second round, having the two guys in the same offense? Lou, how would you feel about that if, if it could work out for that way? I'd really like it because I think uh, Michael Thomas is guaranteed touches. And at worst, you reached on an RB2. You know what I mean? Especially, I mean, even if you take him with MT first and then you get Kamara with the first pick of the second round, I don't think that's too much of a reach. But literally, at worst, Kamara is going to be a running back two this season. So I would feel greatly comfortable with that, especially given the uh, consistency of the Saints offense over the season. It's not like it's a uh, been a one or two time deal. Like they're consistently a top five, six offense. The only reason why I was asking is because some people, you know, tend to shy away from getting a lot of players in the same offense. But F4, I'm going to come in with Derrick Henry. And the reason why I have him more down at four is because, you know, the three guys that I have above him, I mean, they're receiving talent. is just a lot higher and in fantasy football. That, that matters a lot. So Derrick Henry is definitely going to get you the ground yards, but we always see every single year that he picks up speed in, in the second half of the season. And if we're trying to establish a lot of fantasy wins early, you know, sometimes that really doesn't help out. So just try and have some depth when you're preparing for a situation like that and so on. But at three, I got Saquon. I think it has to just go this way to only be right. Just to show you guys that, that there's not a lot of bias when, when I'm giving you guys the fantasy tips. I could be crazy on, on this. You guys might not like the, the two-in-one order I have here. But at two, I have Christian McCaffrey. And one, I have Zeke Elliott. I think Zeke is the most sure overall running back. I think you're going to get 
consistently 1,200 plus rushing yards. They're going to get three, 400 receiving yards with him, and he's in the end zone all the time. That's why I'm leaning more towards him over Saquon and McCaffrey. And you're just going to be a little realistic. I mean, uh, years like McCaffrey had last year, Michael Thomas had, Lamar Jackson had, those aren't seasons that people can easily repeat. So you just have to expect a little regression. It doesn't mean that they're any less of a player or talent, but you just got to be a little realistic with the numbers. So I got Saquon at three, McCaffrey at two, and Zeke at one. Yeah, Steven, honestly, the way I feel about it is every year, the top five running backs, I feel like it's just, it just throwing dots at a board. You know what I mean? They're all going to be ones they're all going to get the touches but who's going to be that one that just has a crazy season or the two it last year was McCaffrey and then Derrick Henry who was slightly behind him throughout the whole season but I feel like you can't really miss in the top five uh so at five I have Saquon just because uh, out of all the top five running backs I trust their O-line the least Dalvin at four just because if the Vikings offense is getting shut out they kind of force feed it to him and that leads to some fumbles. Uh, Derek Henry, I have at three just because he is the only faction on that offense that's, that's going to really produce once they uh, realize Tannehill is, is Ryan Tannehill. I have Zeke at two, and I, and I have McCaffrey at one, but I have no problem with flip-flopping that. Uh, Zeke's consistent, doesn't fumble, catches, runs, and with, with the amount of weapons – they have in Dallas, uh, it's going to be extremely hard to cover him. Ooh, my 3 2 one's going to stir the part a little bit. But at uh, 5 Steve, me and you have flip-flopped because I got Dalvin Cook at 5. At uh, 4 I got Derrick Henry. At 3, I have Ezekiel Elliott. At 2, I have Saquon. And at 1, I have my guy, Run CMC. Kev, I, lo- I love it, Kev. Got to have Saquon up there. With all due respect to, to all those other guys, I, I definitely think that he's got the potential. Um, and, Lou, you definitely made some fair points as far as the Giants running game because we're going to end up starting three rookie offensive linemen this year, most likely. But Will Hernandez is, is a staple in our offense. Um, and in that trade for Olivier Vernon and Odell, we picked up Kevin Zeitler, and he's a, a top offensive guard. I mean, Nothing like Zach Martin or Quentin Nelson, Lou, we know that. But I definitely have him right around the top five, maybe just outside of that, depending on who you want to toss in the argument there. Well, you guys can either listen to this episode again or you can go to sandbox.net, become a member, and check out our rankings. And before we end this episode, let's thank another couple great fans of Since the Sandbox. Like to thank the Broski, Matt Toro, and Mike Girardi for your donations. We appreciate you guys, longtime fans, longtime supporters. Since the Sandbox, we out.